I do have a question for you guys, if you want to... Yeah, yeah, do Before so. we go into it. And I was thinking about it uh, last night watching the movie. Do y'all have a song that you would walk out to if you were in a boxing match? I don't know the name of the song, but there is one song where, like, the main chorus is, I don't fucking care if I die tonight. And that's probably oh. a good song for me, because I would die in the boxing ring. <laughs> <laughs> Like Austin, I also don't know the name of mine, but it's that classic one where it's like, and I'm dying in your arms tonight, because I also would <laughs> die in the boxing ring. <laughs> Maybe not even in someone's arms. I might be alone, but either way, I would die. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Well, I, might, I, I think I had to, to follow that theme. I think there's a song by Everlast. It's called We're All Going to Die, and it goes like, <laughs> we're all going to die, die. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Arnie's. We are three guys that definitely can't take a punch. I'm Matt Johnson, and I just hope Araki's enjoying his permanent vacation. I'm Keith Baker, and I want to know where Chavez got that poncho. And I'm Austin Terry, and there's no way I could go to distance. On today's show, we're talking about one of the many new releases coming out right now, this time with Creed 3. So guys, let's get into it. Austin and Keith, let everyone know, did you have any expectations going into this one, as well as your non-spoiler thoughts on Creed 3? Yeah, I was expecting this one to be great. I'm a pretty big fan of the Creed franchise. Um, not the biggest fan of the Rocky movies, but just really like Michael B. Jordan and think he's perfect for this role, especially when they announced that Jonathan Majors is going to be the main like antagonist for this movie. I was just like, there's no way this could be a miss. And it lived up to all my expectations. I had a blast with Creed 3. Um, I don't think it's a perfect movie by any means, but I think it's a great Creed movie. I also think it's a good continuation of the Rocky franchise. I think the tension between Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors is fantastic. I think all the boxing scenes are great. Um, for this being Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut, I think he knocked it out of the park. Um, I would put this up there as like one of my favorite sports fighting movies that I've seen. Um, so yeah, I just had a blast with this movie and highly recommend seeing it in theaters. Yeah, I would recommend it as well. Um, I guess I didn't have too much expectations going into it, but I'm kind of like Austin. I I love the first two Creeds as well. I like the way they film the fights in all these movies. And like you said, Austin, Mike B. Jordan did a really good job of directing and definitely uh, had good fight choreography, which is what I really enjoyed. And the fact that Rocky wasn't there wasn't a huge issue for me. I think he was mentioned, maybe. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, I mean, still, I mean, this franchise has been fun. The story is good, and I wouldn't be surprised if they make another one. I hope they do, honestly. I like these movies a lot, so yeah, I'd recommend it. Yeah, same here. I really, really enjoyed Creed 3, more than I think I thought I would. I love the first two Creed movies, but Creed 2 is five years ago at this point, so I guess some of that hype had kind of dissipated a little bit. Um, not that I wasn't excited, but I was just like, yeah, it's been a while, so you know, I guess we'll get back into it and see how it goes. But yeah, lived up to my expectations. I think it's really good. There's certainly some nitpicks and some issues I have here and there, but nothing that really dragged the experience down by any means. I thought the acting kind of got like a little elevation boost, it felt like to me. I think everybody that's in this movie was better than they were in the previous two. And I think the addition of Jonathan Majors as the antagonist was a great call. Um, Yeah, and when it comes to the Rocky of it all, I love Sylvester Stallone. I, I particularly love him in the two Creed movies. I think he's great in those. But... I don't know. This one felt like a more personal story for Adonis. And so to have him kind of uh, go it with just his um, like immediate family unit as kind of his backbone, um, I thought worked. And I really like this more personal story. A lot of these, you know, Rocky slash Creed movies get defined by their villain. Um, 
even if they don't have a lot of screen time. So I like kind of the change here where Jonathan Majors gets to play a character that's actually like a well-defined character, um, kind of a nuanced antagonist a little bit. Um, yeah, so kind of a different take. And yeah, I, I just had a good time with it. The fight scenes were awesome. Definitely some oh shit moments. But yeah, I have lots more to say in spoiler territory, but for now, definitely gets a recommendation from me. I think they also did a really good job with this movie. Of Even though it is the third Creed movie, it also works fine as a standalone. There's no need to see, like, you don't have to know every little plot point from the first two movies or even the Rocky films. Like, they just made a good Creed story with their third film, and I thought that was the right direction to take. I also think it's a much more character-focused movie than the previous Creed films. There's actually not a lot of boxing in it. When there is boxing, it's great and it's filmed really well, but... The character stories, I was surprised how much I was invested in those. And I think that's why this movie um, works so well for me, because so much of the movie is dedicated to those personal stories. So that way, when they're in the ring, you kind of care about you care more about the people who are fighting at the end of the movie. Yeah, I think Matt and I were talking about that last night, that maybe it was like the first Creed movie where, you know, it's 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 more about his relationship with Rocky and him becoming a boxer uh, and not so much focused on the, the antagonist fighter. Uh, but like you said, Austin, I, I did like how they kind of focus more on the personal stories of of both the uh, the hero and the villain uh, in this, which kind of just gives the the fight a little bit more gravity to it. Definitely, yeah. So there you go. Uh, another week, I guess, in a row of all three of us really recommending something. It sounds like you know if you're a fan of this franchise, definitely go see it if you haven't already. Um, or if you you know if you've just been hearing about it, you've been thinking about jumping in. I agree with Austin. This one works totally fine as a standalone if you don't want to watch the other ones. Just to Jump in. It's a really good movie. So uh, with that, guys, I say let's go ahead and get into spoiler territory because there's some good things to talk about here. Uh, I'm kind of excited. I didn't know that we'd be getting some juicy secrets. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, last week we declared Cocaine Bear might be the best movie of 2023. uh, Very quickly surpassed by Creed 3 in my book. Yeah, I'd agree with that. All right, everybody, welcome to Spoiler Territory. Uh, Let's go ahead and get into it. Remember, if you've not seen Creed 3, this is your final warning. But like always, Austin and Keith, start us off with some cast and crew talk. All right, so Creed 3, of course, is the directorial debut for Michael B. Jordan. It's also written by Keenan Kugler and Zach Balin, and our score for the film is composed by Joseph Shirley. All right, and going into our cast, we have Michael B. Jordan, of course, returning as Adonis Creed, Tessa Thompson as Bianca, Jonathan Majors as Dame Anderson, Wood Harris as Little Duke, Myla Davis-Kent as Amara Creed, and we got Florian Montanu as Victor Drago, returning as Victor Drago, and we got Felicia Rashad as Mary Ann Creed. All right, guys, there's our cast and crew. Any positives, any negatives? What do we got? Yeah, I got to give my highlight to Jonathan Majors as Dame Anderson. I thought he was fantastic and the perfect kind of counter to Michael B. Jordan's character. Um... He's somehow like charming enough to endear you to his character. And then the second he flips into like his more villainous side of the movie, um, he never got to a point where I like wanted him to fail. It just they made him just bad enough to where I wanted Creed to beat him. But I still felt th- sympathetic towards Dame. I also thought his relationship with Michael B. Jordan kind of mirrors real life in a way. And I was reading a really interesting interview with the two. But Michael B. Jordan is kind of like his Creed character. He's a, kind of accomplished everything in his career and, and directing is his new challenge. And Jonathan Majors is this new up-and-coming actor who um, kind of feels like his time is now. And so that dynamic, I thought, played really well into the film. Um, and I just, I really love these two together and hope they continue to do more projects. Yeah, really cool dynamic between between those two guys. 
Um, as far as my shout out, I'll just shout out Michael B. Jordan. I thought as a as a director and an actor, uh, I think this is the most I've ever liked his character of Adonis Creed. Not that he wasn't good in the other two, he was. I just liked like what you said, he's a little bit more more mature in this one. I like the fact that he's retired and kind of has a little bit more experience in the in the boxing and promoting game. Um, and then as far as directing, I think he did a really good job filming all the fight scenes. Um, and then as well, showing the more personal stories of uh, of Adonis and uh, uh, Dame as well. So yeah, shout out to him. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. I was going to shout out uh, Michael B. Jordan as a director and Jonathan Majors as an actor, but I agree with everything you guys said. I guess I would also throw Tessa Thompson in there, uh, someone that I also really like in pretty much everything uh, they're in. Yeah, I don't know. I think she's just been a great staple of the Creed franchise up to this point, and she's always good. I mean, I think I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like she had more screen time in this. I could be wrong, but either way, just great character, easy to root for, easy to see them together. They have great chemistry, and it's always great to watch her. Yeah, and they've done a, a great job with her character, too, of, of she has her own role in the film, and she has her own career, and she's not just kind of like tied to Creed's boxing. Like She's her own um, performer and producer, and you're invested in her storyline, too. So sometimes at these sports movies, like when the side characters get involved, you feel like you're being as an audience, you're being taken out of the boxing story. But every time we're into Tessa Thompson's side of the story, I'm still kind of just as invested in her personal life as I was Creed's. All right. Well, you heard what we thought of the movie. Let's see what everybody else has to say. Creed 3 has received positive reviews so far and currently has an 87% over on Rotten Tomatoes. The site's critical consensus is stepping out from Rocky Balboa's iconic shadow at last. The Creed franchise reasserts its champion status thanks to star Michael B. Jordan's punchy direction and a nuanced heel turn by Jonathan Majors. Kind of echoing those things I just read. Praise specifically went toward Jordan's direction, the fight sequences, and the performances of all the ensemble cast, although Majors did seem to receive most of that praise. Uh, I was reading that the movie cost $75 million to make, and it only has been out for a couple days so far, and it's made $51 million, so it's doing good. Uh, Michael B. Jordan has said, uh, I didn't know this, a fourth film is definitely happening, and spinoffs are being considered. I think the only one we've heard about is they mentioned semi-recently that they're thinking about a Drago spinoff. I don't know if that has to do with the, like a young Ivan Drago, previously played by uh, Dolph Lundgren, or if this is like a Victor Drago spinoff. I'm not sure. Dang, that's cool. I, f- I feel like they kind of set up for his daughter to be stepping into the ring, like maybe not as a professional, but as an amateur. So I'm sure we'll see that continue. Um, I was also reading that Amazon recently um, acquired MGM Studios, who produced and released this movie. And with this opening weekend, it's now the most profitable uh, like movie and TV side of things that Amazon has ever made. Nice. Cool. Well, I'm excited for more. Definitely. This one kind of uh, got that hype built back up for this franchise for me. So I'm excited. Um, but yeah, with that, guys, it's time to go a little bit deeper. So let's get into our roundtable discussion. This is the main part of our show where each of us just brings a couple points to the table that we think deserve, uh, you know, some extra time to talk about. So let's go ahead and break it all down. I'll start us off today um, with Donnie Creed, with our main character. Um, I was just curious, uh, did we like kind of this new role for him? Um, Basically, you know, we get the opening, which is kind of a flashback showing a different side of his past, but then that kind of dovetails directly into present day where he has his final fight against um, the main antagonist of the first Creed movie, and then he retires, and he's kind of taken up family life. Uh, Looks like he's kind of running his um, dad's old gym, which is cool to see. Um, Still hanging with little Duke, (laughs) who I really like seeing in these. Um, but of course, yeah, then, uh, he's kind of forced back into the spotlight unwillingly and unknowingly. So yeah, what'd you guys think of this new kind of role for him? 
Yeah, I really liked that this movie opened with him retiring because it's kind of like he talks about he has accomplished and he earned everything he got um, throughout the past two Creed movies and in just kind of his professional career. So enjoyed that. I also was happy they didn't do the tropey like, oh, I'm retired and boxing is all I have. I, I got to get back in the ring. I hate my family. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad that he, he like actually it seemed like he was enjoying his retirement and it kind of seemed like he was annoyed that he was going to have to get back in the ring. So um, I thought this was a really... Uh, like unique retiring thing for a boxing movie because usually we see kind of the tropey stuff that other films do. Yeah, I'm with you, Austin. It definitely felt a little bit more realistic too because you know in real life when professional athletes retire, a lot of the times they go into something else with that sport, whether it's like announcing or promoting or training or coaching, whatever uh, it may be. And that's kind of where it looks like the direction that he was kind of headed in. Looks like he was becoming a part promoter, part trainer, and coach, um, which is cool. Well, and professional athletes talk about all the, all the time of like, even when you start considering retirement, like, you know, you're done because you have to give whatever you're doing as a professional athlete, like kind of your everything. And so the second that even creeps into your brain, like it's time to retire, you can tell he's just tired. Like he spent his whole life fighting. He's beat up. They even point out how like basically everything in his body is broken. And so he's just like kind of sleeping and having tea parties with his daughter. Like it just feels like a natural transition out of this career that he spent so much time giving and putting uh, all of his like energy and time and blood and sweat into. Yeah, I did like how they pointed out all of his like injuries, like his his uh, fractures in his hands and all of his, they were counting his concussions and all that because all that goes into play whenever you're coming back to fight like that. I mean, one more hit can maybe put you in like, uh, you know, a bad mental vulnerability, I guess, as far as getting brain damage and stuff like that. So I like that they did that because they don't really don't do that in a lot of Hollywood movies where they're just getting slammed in the head over and over and never yeah. really consider concussions and stuff like that. They did it in such a cool way too. Whenever they're talking about his fractured hand and like, I can't remember what it was, like his ribs or his shoulder or something. Like whenever they're calling out those injuries you mentioned, they do quick flashbacks to his fight against like pretty Ricky Conlon in the first Creed and then it cuts to him fighting the mountain <laughs> Victor Trocco in Creed 2. So like they're calling out his injuries and then they're like flashing back real quick to show where they happen, which I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And I also, I thought that was one of the scenes where you're just like, wow, Jonathan Majors is so charismatic because another se sequence of how they point out the injuries is he's just standing in front of a poster of Creed and he's like, shoulder doesn't work, gonna punch him here. And he, like, it's yeah. so funny to watch him do it. It was also cool that they acknowledged their age. Obviously, Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors are not old by any means, but when you put those characters in this type of boxing world, uh, they are older than you would expect. And obviously, that's something Creed can appreciate since he's retired. Um, but I like that they acknowledge some of that, um, the age aspects of both of them. I don't know. I guess it kind of added to the stakes. I guess it kind of combines with the injury stuff we're talking about. But I just like that it was acknowledged because obviously they were a lot older than a lot of the other people that we saw in the ring in this movie. Yeah, the age thing is an interesting thing to bring up, um, particularly with Dame's side of the story, because there's a few critiques I keep seeing out there. And, and one is that it's so unbelievable that he would ascend this quickly. Um, and I feel like there is parts of this movie where you kind of have to like be a boxing fan to understand how things work. And I'm not a boxing fan. So every now and then I was a little bit confused. Did you like how quickly he becomes like the heavyweight champion of the world with just that one fight? Or was that confusing to you? Or did, did it take you out of the film? What do you think about that sequence with Dame? I was fine with it because, I mean, he cheated <laughs> and they showed that. So I was I was at least like, is it realistic? No, but it's realistic, I guess, how he forced himself into that position by 
having that, I guess he hired, they showed that quick um, picture that his mom gave him. So I guess yeah. he hired that uh, prison buddy or whatever to break Victor Drago's hand. And then he's already at that point been like pressuring Adonis to give him a chance. So now that Drago's out of the picture, I think Dame at this point knows that like Donnie feels guilty for their past. So he has a hold over him. So I think at that point he was kind of a, already in Donnie's head. And then Donnie's the one that was like, all right, well, we'll let Chavez fight Dame then. And I guess if Dame won that fight, then he gets the title. I, I guess no, but none of them expected he would win it. So yeah, it was kind of weird. I agree with you. I guess you have to suspend disbelief a little bit. But since they showed him cheating, I guess it was a little bit more believable. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I guess you could assume there was some time jumps, but I think the fact that they said that Victor Drago wouldn't be able to fight for like another six to eight months or something like that. And Chavez wanted a, a quick payday. I guess it kind of made sense just to fill somebody in that's not does, that doesn't have anything to lose, really, because like probably a bunch of other pro fighters would would want to have like a, a four to five month camp for a fight like that. I did like that they called out the promoting side of Creed's career because I think um, Chavez's mom says, "Well, are people going to come to this fight? Because if no one comes, we're not going to get paid." And so that kind of then falls back on the Creed to promote the fight. And we don't see that in a lot of boxing movies either because a lot of things, even in real world, like it all comes down to how you can create that interest. And a lot of times you see like social media feuds between fighters and stuff, and it's all to build up that hype so more people buy tickets or tune in on pay per view. And the whole, the whole underdog fight thing that he called back to with Apollo giving Rocky a chance to fight him. I guess it kind of built on that. Um, and the fact that uh, Dame had already had like an amateur career. So let's dive a little bit more into Michael B. Jordan's direction. Um, there's only one kind of nitpicky thing I wanted to call out, and it is the pacing in the middle of the film. It's just like a very quick sequence of events where Jonathan Major's true motives are revealed. Uh, his mom reveals he, that she lied. Then the mom dies. Then Creed reveals he fled from their initial arrest um, at the beginning of the film. And then, oh, we got a fight. So what did we think of that? Um, did that stand out to you guys as very quick? Or do you wish there had been more time given any of those events? I guess I don't know what my specific issue was, but I do agree that there were some odd pacing things here and there, and it probably all falls into the middle. Um, I don't know. I, I really did like um, the Damien and um, Adonis backstory. I like getting a little bit more of that past. Um, yeah. And yeah, just kind of the element of that story, you know, being like Damien's kind of the, you know, maybe a troubled kid, I guess like Donnie too, but he is protecting him. Um, but then of course that culminates in him protecting him one last time, but then Donnie fleeing a scene of a fight. Uh, so I, I like that story. It kind of was a great way to set up everything, but I think I'm kind of with you that in the middle, I just didn't like how long it took to get there because I think we kind of Maybe they gave us too much information at the beginning because then it kind of gets to the middle of the movie and it's like, yeah, I, I think I know what happened here. And then, then they finally have to say it. And it's kind of a little bit like, yeah, no, yeah, that's what I figured what happened. Um, I guess it works for like Donnie's character because he's holding back from Bianca. So like him finally like coming clean and telling her is a big deal for him. But I guess it didn't fully work in the audience because of some of those pacing issues with the flashbacks. Um, it kind of uh, told their hand, so to speak. So. Yeah, there there were some odd things here and there. I love Felicia Rashad in the movie too, but some of the mom scenes as well, um, I thought they were very powerful, but I also agree that some of the pacing there, a little strange, but it kind of all ends up working out because I got a little teary-eyed during her death scene. So I was like, okay, we made it to this point. This is super powerful. So it has a payoff. It's just a little bit wonky to get there, I guess. It probably would have been better if they didn't even do the flashbacks and just maybe started off the movie with the whole uh, fight scene and, and the gun pulling scene. Yeah, because they almost did. Out. Yeah, because like they, they showed us so much at the beginning. It really was just like that last 
bit of the gun coming out and Donnie running away. That's like all we didn't see until like yeah. an hour later. It was super predictable. I was like, oh, yeah. they showed part of this. They're going to show more of it later. <laughs> right. Um, I do also want to call out, since this is uh, Jordan's directorial debut, um, I like that he did put his own stamp on this movie, especially with some of the fight scenes at the end. Um, the one that really stands out is in the final scene between him and Dame. Um, the whole crowd fades away and you just kind of go into their headspace. I was reading another interview where he talked about how he loves anime. And that's something that happens a lot in anime is everything fades away and you see what's going on in the characters' minds. And so he put that in uh, into this movie and it, it, it was a very unique fight scene. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that in these types of movies. And I thought it worked really well. Crowd fading away was probably my favorite moment of the movie. Uh, just a great like visual representation of the fact that this isn't the first Creed movie. It didn't matter who he was fighting in that movie because really all he was fighting was Apollo in that movie to kind of get that recognition as a Creed. He wasn't even calling himself Creed yet. Uh, Creed 2 is kind of an evolution of that. Um, it's like this weird kind of revenge story, even though Victor Drago didn't kill his dad, but it is kind of that strange revenge and trying to live up to a title type sense. So that's different. This is kind of his first truly, truly personal fight. It doesn't matter who's in the audience. You know, they could be fighting in the street. They could be fighting anywhere. It's really just about them in that moment. So just that visual of, you know, the crowd not being there and just fighting by themselves and just hearing like the grunts and the punches even more fully than previously. And man, that moment whenever they like slow-mo punch each other in the face and that's when the crowd kind of comes back in. I was like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Yeah, the choreography was really cool. I liked all the... uh like the slow motion scene when it like cuts to slow motion really quick. It yeah. always looked cool whenever they're getting punched in the jaw and like you see like blood splurting everywhere. It was crazy. And just like the, uh, I guess the soundtrack behind some of this stuff in the fights. Some so of like, that Rocky theme was awesome when it like the yeah. dun, 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 and all that. Yeah. It was cool. And then whenever I think Matt and I both in the theater were like, oh shit, whenever uh, the trainer goes to pull out the mouthpiece or the mouth oh, guard of oh. uh, of Dame, <laughs> and like it has like that sh like that like that 127 hours ringing music, mm -hmm. you know, whenever he's cutting his arm off, it was kind of <laughs> yeah. like that. It was like Ring! like oh geez, he had, he had a tooth that was loose. He has to like shove his mouthpiece back in to like keep it all in place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, god dang, but yeah, it looked, that fights look cool though. But definitely like the scene where the crowd fades away. That was badass. So many moments, yeah. I was also reading, um, Michael B. Jordan said that he had that same sequence where the crowd fades away, uh, but he had it with subtitles, uh, just like they do in anime. And so you could read like what they were thinking at the time. And he was like, mm. all right, this is too far. This would take too many people <laughs> out of it. So then he decided to just do the grunts. It still uh, works. I think they're yeah. good enough actors that you can, you know what's going on, but that's still cool. Yeah, well, let's jump back into uh, Jonathan Majors and kind of touch on his performance and his character of Dame. I know in the other two Creed movies, we got a lot of Adonis's past, like the fact that, you know, he's finding his, not his biological mom, but uh, his father's wife, who became his stepmom that took him in. So we knew that whole story that he, he was, you know, kind of a foster kid going, th going from group home to group home and all that kind of stuff. But we never really got a lot, like, of details into that time and so now we're getting a story with this guy dame um so do, do we find this interesting at all uh to get a little bit uh more detail into this window of his past yeah i really like this um and like matt called out this is really creed's first personal fight uh throughout his journey um i thought it was interesting to learn more about their background and i like that when creed is talking to bianca he says look we weren't perfect kids by any means but we didn't deserve what happened to us in that group home and you can 
see how a lot of uh, their upbringing kind of influences who they are today. I thought the way Jonathan Majors played his character and the way he was written to where he does eventually become the villain of the film, but you learn so much about him and Majors is so charismatic and charming that you still are, at least for me, I was still emotionally invested in his character. I wanted him to lose, but I still wanted him to um, have a way to go forward after this film. Yeah, I'm pretty much in the exact same boat for the most part. I um, yeah, just I'm glad that we got to spend so much time with a traditional Rocky villain. Um, we don't get a lot of time with them, so just kind of getting a full fleshed character. There was uh nuance, there was subtlety, and then sometimes there was no subtlety, and I like that too. Whenever he kind of uh fully drops the um, I don't know, just the disguise. I I suppose after he beats Chavez, and then Donnie goes to that beach party he's at. And that's kind of the first moment where Damien just kind of fully lays it out. Um, but ah, man, there, there's so many great moments because like, was that always Damien's plan? Obviously he had a hand in taking Victor Drago out, but I don't know, like, was it fully an evil thing? Because I love that moment after he beat Chavez where he looks over to Donnie and he's like, he says something like we did it, bro. And he's like really happy. He's like smiling. But then he sees that like Donnie's pissed that not only that Chavez lost, but that Chavez got fucked up. So I was like, is this where Damien fully turns? It's kind of hard to tell. And I kind of like that. Um, yeah, just just a great character, like menacing, but also real, <laughs> like scary, but also you felt for him. So Jonathan Majors is a great actor to kind of balance all those things. Really, my only issue and Keith and I talked about it briefly last night afterwards, but it's not that I wanted him to win. But I guess I just thought the very end was kind of anticlimactic because there's really barely anything. Once they once the fight is done, like there's probably like three minutes left of the movie. Um, not a lot of falling action. But I don't know. I don't know what I would have rather had. I guess I just thought it was kind of quick. Maybe it goes back to some of those pacing issues Austin mentioned. But uh, Donnie wins the fight. Then he immediately goes backstage to talk to Damien. And then Damien basically echoes everything that Bianca said earlier. So it's it's kind of a nice moment. Like you shouldn't feel guilty. And then Donnie's like, neither should you. So it's a sweet moment. But I was like, huh, what would I have rather had here? And I wasn't sure. I don't think the answer is I wanted Damien to win or I, I don't think I needed Donnie to like let him win to prove a point. I don't know. I guess there was something off about the falling action of the movie. Maybe it was just a little too quick. That was really my only issue with uh, some of those characters moments. Yeah, I think I don't know what I wanted either. But in that for me, it's that final conversation that made it feel a little weird because when Damien says uh, none of it was on you. I was almost like, well, if you knew that, why did all the events of the film happen? Because I still think there is a little bit on Apollo Creed for not reaching out to Damien or anything like that while he was in prison. And I think I think Dame would have been justified in at least being still upset about that. And maybe there should have been more of a reconcile there. I like their little conversation they had and they do their handshake at the end to kind of show like, hey, we're we're cool. You know, the past is the past. Um, and all that, but it, it would have been kind of cool if, uh, if, if Adonis would have maybe offered to train him, uh, going forward, like, Hey, like, let's get you that title shot that you want, but let's do it like the right way this time or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Let's go, let's do it the right way. Let's get back into the gym and I'll, I'll, I'm staying retired this time and I'll be your trainer along with Duke. Um, that, so that could have been cool. And going back to Duke, uh, that's another, that's another dynamic I wanted to point out. I like the whole, um, uh, gym drama. Was it jarring for you guys that after the Chavez fight, Duke says, don't come by the gym again. This is your fault. And then the next scene, he's training Creed at like the Air Force Base. Oh, yeah. He kind of just dropped. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I didn't think too much about it. I, I don't know. I kind of thought it was like almost like a, a sweet, like pseudo 
father, but also kind of a friend moment where he's like, and don't come by the gym. Well, not, not for a while, at least. Like, it felt like he was mad at him, but like not really mad. Uh, it was just kind of like a petty thing to say. So like him showing up, training him, it didn't bother me too much. But yeah, that's fair. Kind of a little, little goofy. Goes back to some of those pacing things. And also this movie's under two hours. So maybe that's part of it. I, I was surprised to know that. I assumed it would be much longer, but it's a pretty quick movie. Um, and I'm not, I'm never one to advocate for a longer movie, but just, I guess, because I was surprised. And I think the other two are much longer. Maybe they could have had like just a few extra minutes to pad out some of those scenes. But um, yeah, anyway. So a big critique that I keep seeing um, circulating online is that this isn't a Rocky movie and it doesn't have that Rocky charm, um, almost like it's too dark. Uh, it's more of, it's kind of more of a thriller is a comparison I keep saying, and I actually agree with that. Um, are you glad that this separates itself from the Rocky franchise or were you missing any of those kind of more traditional like guts and glory and that sort of stuff? I think it's perfect in the sense that it still, I guess, feels like the, the Rocky universe. But it definitely separates itself from the Rocky franchise, if that makes sense. Like I, the creeds can stand alone, like you said earlier, Austin. Um, but the fact that Apollo and Rocky are mentioned still kind of gives you that Rocky uh, kind of feeling, like, hey, yeah, we're still in this world too. It's just now we're in the next generation. I think it's just a continuation of the universe. So I don't know how else to say it. Yeah, I agree. I think you know there were six Rocky movies, right? Uh, and the Creed, the two Creed movies, like. Those are Creed movies to me. Yes, Rocky plays a huge part in them, but I'd never referred to those as Rocky movies. But I agree with how Keith's wording it. They always felt part of the Rocky world and the universe and the lore and all that. But I don't know. I, I guess I don't really know fully what people want. Um, I thought Rocky gets a pretty beautiful send off at the end of uh, Creed 2 where he finally goes back and reunites with his son and gets to meet his grandson um, and stays with them after kind of being relatively no contact and it took uh mentoring and living with and you know being close with uh adonis to get him to that point so it's it's a great send-off but i don't know to me this is creed 3 and it feels like a creed movie <laughs> i mean we, we have yeah. two of them it, it feels like the next sequel anybody that like misses rocky like i can understand that but i say it's not a rocky movie it's like i mean it's not it never was neither are the previous two they're just part of the rocky world and i think like keith said this still feels a part of that for sure yeah, that's my biggest rebuttal too. Oh, this isn't a Rocky movie. It's like, yeah, it's titled Creed Three. It's not. <laughs> yeah. It's not Rocky Nine. I was reading that Sylvester Stallone uh, has said that he thought the direction of this film was too dark, um, and he likes more uplifting stories, and that's why he ended up leaving the project, or they parted ways, or something. Um, so maybe that's what people are saying are meaning when they say it's not a Rocky movie, is it's 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 too dark from what we're used to in these stories. I I just thought they gave us a good story. That's all I care about. And I mean, you can see that Adonis has not only do they mention Rocky, but he's learned from him. He like says to Chavez at one point, the line, like the famous Rocky line, which is, you know, it ain't about how hard you get hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. So he's taking all these lessons that he learned and he's made them a part of his uh, training and life and all that. So it's kind of, I don't know, that's what you hope to see after seeing a mentorship in two previous movies. And now he's on his own. So, you know, he's, he's learned from him. So that, that's the important thing. In the scene where he's training and Drago knocks him down and then the Rocky theme swells and he thinks back to all the time he's been knocked down in the ring and he gets up and they continue with their training. Like that's a Rocky moment. So I, yeah. I think they have those things and I feel like they just worked it in in more natural ways into the story. And I wouldn't be honestly, I wouldn't be opposed if they'd make more Creed movies, if they bring Stallone in for like a quick minute or something like that. Like, I, I don't think it'd be a huge issue. I just don't think he needs to be a main character anymore. They can just phase him out as they did. 
Yeah, I think Creed Four could open with Rocky's funeral. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all know you want that. <laughs> <laughs> we got to go to Philly. An old we got to go to Philly. Died. Rocky died. <laughs> <laughs> And then Rocky's son walks out and challenges Creed to a fight. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. <laughs> Milo Ventimiglia? <laughs> He's back. <laughs> All right, guys. But before we wrap it up, I do want to ask you all a question. And we've kind of already been touching on it with uh, comparing Creed and, and the Rocky franchises. But where do you think Creed stands um, at, with boxing and fighting movies uh, as a whole? I mean, we got Rocky, The Fighter, Warrior, Southpaw, etc. Um, so how do you guys think this stands with the others? Yeah, I mean, you guys know me. I'm the biggest fan of Warrior. I just think that's such a fantastic movie and it's easily in one of my top five. Um, I think I would put it Warrior, The Fighter, and then I think I would put Creed Three right there. Um, the final fight in this movie is, to me, as good as anything you get in any of these other films. And I think there's moments in here that make it um, feel as emotional as that final fight scene in Warrior. Um, so this one's definitely up there for me. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. It's definitely up there for me as well. I think all the best sports movies not only have those like fist pump, amazing, badass, exciting moments, but best ones are elevated by great characters and great stories and great little moments and like kind of interplay and dynamics between said characters. Um, and I think while is this my favorite of the Creed movies, I'm not entirely sure. I'm still kind of juggling that in my head, but I think this one has a lot of the best moments. Um, I think the characters feel the most fleshed out here. I think Rocky got a lot of play in the previous two. And I think he kind of stood out because they did so much with that character. Um, and so not having him here, as we had you know, just talked about, I think it just left room to flesh everybody out, including Adonis. Definitely a lot of great stuff for Bianca. I love getting to know their daughter a little bit. And then because you have that extra screen time, I think you, as we also mentioned, you get to really flesh out your antagonist to the point where I don't even want to call Dame a villain. I just think he's kind of the antagonist of this movie. Um, I kind of understand a lot of his motives, so I don't feel right calling him like a full-fledged villain or anything. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's why this one gets elevated for me in like the list of great sports fighting or whatever movies. Um, just because great story, very personal, um, great hero-villain dynamic, so to speak. And um, yeah, I think the characters really stood out in this one. Yeah, same for me too. Um, I think it, the Creed franchise as a whole, I think it's definitely going to be on the top um, of these movies for me, especially like, like we mentioned earlier with the, uh, the fight choreography and the way it's, the way it's filmed and directed. Um, I think it's definitely probably one of the more alpha ones out of all these movies. Um, but then as far as like the drama goes, I think all these franchises have their own thing going on. I mean, the Rocky and Creed's are very similar with their personal stories. And then you got the fighters more of like a family kind of drama with Mickey and Dickie, Christian Bale, Mark Wahlberg. And then you got warrior, which is like the, the the brother and the and the dad with Nick Nolte and uh and uh Tom Hardy and those guys and then Southpaw and the other ones kind of have their own thing going on too. So I like how all these movies have different sorts of dramas going on. And they don't they don't all follow the same exact path. I think the only path they really follow is that they're always leading to a big fight, but that's what has to happen in these movies because that's what you're that's what it's building towards. Um but yeah, I think Creed is definitely gonna be one of the top ones out of all these fighting movies. I think in terms of its themes, uh, Creed 3 is closest to Southpaw, where it's more about your personal demons coming back for you. Um, yeah. I just think it's done so much better than how they executed it in that movie. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys. Well, before we close out here, we got to do some Arnie's Podcast Awards. Uh, this is the part of our show where we can pick something positive, negative, or something in between. Just something that we feel deserves specific praise. 
I'll start us off for once today, usually pass it to you guys, is it's an easy one for me. I got to give the award to the best fist pump moment, and it goes to that moment that Austin mentioned a second ago, uh, where uh, the Rocky moment, he called it, during that great montage where Adonis has to get back into shape so he can fight Damien. And uh, he has that moment where it's like, can he beat Drago? Even though they're just sparring, can he beat him? Can he live up to what he used to be? And when he finally stands up and he just gives him a quick punch across the jaw and then Drago just spits blood and smiles. I was like, hell yeah, he's back, baby. <laughs> Donnie's back. He's going to win this fight. <laughs> yeah, I will be giving um, a very simple award today, but it's an important one. Um, I'm giving Jonathan Majors the hot man award. Uh, he is covered up for the majority of this first act, but when he steps into the ring and you see him take off his little cover up and all those muscles are rippling and he's all sweaty. And I was like, that's a hot man on he the screen right now. He's insane in this movie. Yeah, he's freaking <laughs> shredded. <is> insane. <laughs> I think I'm going to go back to my intro on this one and give the best walk out of tire award. And that goes to Mr. Chavez. I love that poncho that he was rocking. It's pretty cool. Walking out. It was pretty cool. His walkout was so showy, you just knew this guy's going to get rocked <laughs> the second yeah. he gets into the, the ring. <laughs> the, the skull, the skull guy mm -hmm. with the, the, the smoke. smoke. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, he told us he was going to get fucked in that moment. <laughs> well, uh, with that, everybody, thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss your upcoming content. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, we would appreciate that to continue to grow our show. Please leave us reviews as well. Even if you don't want to write anything, leaving us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to just help us out. At The Arnie's is our social, and thearnies.media is the website. We'll be back next Tuesday for another episode. Yeah, and lastly, we want to hear from you, so please send us a message on Instagram at The Arnie's or email us thearniesmedia at gmail.com. What did you think of Creed 3? How will Jonathan Majors torment us next? Anything you say, we'll read on the show and rant to it live on our latest episode. That's all right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this one. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next time. See you. Who's going to win People's Sexiest Man of the Year? A shirtless Harrison Ford from Shrinking or Jonathan Ew. Majors? <laughs> <laughs> Who's to say? Yeah.